Welcome to the Earning the Push podcast. I'm Jack Murley, and each and every week, myself and co-host, professional rugby player Charlie Beckett, cast our eye over the world of professional wrestling in a show made by fans for fans. Coming up today, WWE is ramping up the bill to their day one pay-per-view with some pitch-perfect placement of Paul Heyman in the middle of the Beast and the Tribal Chief with no good way to turn. We talk about Heyman's immaculate performances as of late, and look at whether he's the biggest asset that WWE has at the moment. In AEW, we were treated to another surprise debut as Kyle O'Reilly jumped ship to reunite NXT's undisputed era on Dynamite and hurtle seemingly into a headlong feud with the Elite. We'll be talking about that, the Paige Danielson rematch that's set for AEW's debut on TBS and how to book Hook to maintain his momentum. Plus predictions for 2022 from you, the Earning the Push audience, board games, nasty things you can do with sewing pins, and so much more. All coming up right now on Earning the Push. It's just the finer details, isn't it? Things like a little bit of stubble that he's clearly grown this week, but like he's gone off the rails a little bit. His hair is a little bit longer than you. Just everything about him. And then, well, also having a go at Kayla Braxton, who did nothing but her job. Did nothing but her job, but of course, Paul Heyman took offence. And yeah, just brilliant. And then WWE did a great job. Paul says he thinks that might be it for him. And then straight away, they've got a package put together of the highlights of Heyman's career. It's just a very, very good bit of, bit of storytelling, I think. I love that package. It really made me think, wow, we talk about Paul Heyman a lot on this podcast. And everyone who loves wrestling knows what Paul Heyman means to the business. But you see that package and you see the consistently great work he's done. I can't think, I was going to say, I can't think of a miss in Paul Heyman's career. And then some people will say, yeah, ECW folded. But look at what it did for the industry. I mean, the man, there aren't enough superlatives for him. Both on screen as a manager and behind the curtain, got to be one of the most influential people, certainly of the last 20, 30 years, certainly of my time as a wrestling fan. Everyone he's worked with, as soon as you work with Heyman, you feel more important, you feel elevated straight away. And that's probably the biggest compliment you can give to him. What do you make of them doing this now? Because we're both working over the Christmas and New Year period, so we're watching it. But there's so many other things going on in the world at the moment at this time of year. The one critique I'd have is it's, it's an odd time of year to pull the trigger on this big, big storyline that they've got the biggest safe built in years. Yeah, it's a really good point and actually probably something I hadn't really thought about. People are busy, life is a bit mental at the moment, the Christmas period, so maybe it won't have the eyes on it that they'd hope, but also I think wrestling's genuinely consumed in a different way now. And I think 99% of people will have seen the four-minute YouTube clip of his interview with Kayla Braxton and the five-minute YouTube clip of his highlight reel. You don't need to watch all of SmackDown to get this story, and they were very clever in the fact they didn't have Roman there, and there was no other side to this story at all just 10 minutes I think fans who do want to see it will find 10 minutes in their time to go and watch this and that's all they need to know what's going on are we any clearer about his intentions that's what I like about watching this storyline each and every week that I watch that and I'm a little bit further down the tracks but they've left me wanting just a little bit more with what happens next I have no idea what Paul Heyman is going to do at day one but I think the only thing we all know for sure is he absolutely isn't done and he absolutely will be there.
there is no chance that he's done, that he's not going to be involved, anything like that. What side of it he falls, I don't know. I still, I still kind of like the idea that this has been a mastermind plan from him the whole time and they're lulling Brock into a false sense of security and he'll turn up and look like he's in Brock's corner and then cost him. That would appeal to me as the master strategist and genuinely the wise man in the council and a big embrace between him and Roman at the end. But I don't know. I don't know where we're going with this. I think we described this a few months back on the podcast as a love triangle. This is a love triangle between three men, a platonic wrestling-based love triangle. And it occurred to me as I was I was getting ready for this week's show, this could be the first time that we could legitimately get a WrestleMania main event that is built as much around the intentions of a manager as around a title. I mean, we've said we think this is going past day one. That's why I say WrestleMania. I can't remember another time when a manager, an advocate, a counsel has felt so relevant in, in wrestling as a whole. No, I, I can't think of one either. I think, again, that's just testament both to the character that Paul Heyman has developed on screen and the, the performances he gives. He just, he's captivating every time he's on screen, isn't he? Like, he is can't miss TV. When he has the microphone in his hand, you are watching. You want to know what Paul Heyman is about to say. And it's also testament to the story writers of this storyline and then to Brock and Roman. The whole thing is just being played played out beautifully. It's, it's very, very good professional wrestling. It's, it's some of the best we've seen in a while. There is an argument that he has been the most instrumental character in WWE for the past 10 years, maybe, in terms of how he has been able to make folks relevant again. When Brock Lesnar came back and he cut that promo um, the night after his return after WrestleMania 28, and then from everything you read, he said, I'm not doing that again. Get Heyman back. Heyman had as much of a role in making Brock Lesnar the Brock Lesnar we know now as anyone from his glory, glory, hallelujah promos to just constantly reminding people about the streak. He has as much a role in the success of Roman Reigns being the heel he is as Roman Reigns. I mean, there is an argument that he is the constant through WWE's best bits for the past decade. You look at what's been good, you look at the major storylines, you look at the best promos... Heyman's there, and Heyman brings the best out of other people. The people standing across the ring from him, they know they have to bring their A-game on the mic, or they, it's obvious. It's obvious they can't hang with him, because not many people can, in general. But if you don't bring your absolute best, you're a million miles off being in his league, and it's embarrassing. So he brings the best out of himself, he brings the best out of Brock or Roman, whoever he's advocating or counselling, and then he brings the best out of who they, who they are competing against. He... He, again, another huge compliment you can give is he makes everyone round him better simply by how good he is. And that, that in sport, in work, in business, whatever. Like If you're broadcasting and you're, you've got a co-presenter or you're interviewing someone and they're making you better, that's the best comment you can give them. That's what he does to everyone. Say if I play with someone, if I play with someone who's making me be better at training, at, at match days, because of the way they go about their business, that's the biggest comment I can give them. And I think you'd be hard-pushed to find any wrestlers, any performers who have worked with him in the last 10 years who wouldn't say that he has made them better in the ring. We can also talk about how relevant he is that for the first 10 minutes of the podcast, 
it's him and Roman and Brock we're talking about. Day one has the potential to certainly be sold as a one-match show based on what will Heyman do and how will that match end? Although that's not fair to some of the other matches that have been put together. We have, as things stand, a fatal four-way match for the WWE Championship. Bobby Lashley, Kevin Owens, and you would have to think COVID allowing Seth Rollins, all challenging Big E. Some people say the title makes a man. Some people say the man makes a title. Big E has cashed in and is champion and has been for for a couple of months now how would you say his title reign's going very okay i would say i'd say he's not having a bad title reign you know with Big E, you're always going to get decent matches like he's a good wrestler he's good in the mic when he gives his style of promo i'd say my concern is you obviously compare him to roman's title reign because it's happening at the same time which isn't good no one's no one's title reign is really going to go that well against Roman since one of the all-time great runs I was looking at the people he's beaten and the feud he's had and the matches he's had the other day and it's genuinely one of the all-time great title runs of wrestling I think it's in that in that upper echelon now but can you tell me one good feud Big E's had that he's really got to sink his teeth into or has he just bounced match to match and that's what that's what he needs is a good two to three month storyline of a proper heel for him to go against because it's big easy you're out and out baby face give him an out and out heel to go against and just tell that story do that in the road to wrestlemania now find someone in in the new year who's an out and out heel and just give us three months of him and him and biggie and then a great match at mania this comes back to doesn't it what we've spoken about for so long on this program that on wwe's programming there is the very 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 top tier and then there's sort of everyone else. And that's why it's probably hard for this Big E title reign to, to fizz up and heat up in the way we hope. Because Kevin Owens is Kevin Owens. He's, he's, he's been portrayed as not at the same level as everyone else. Seth Rollins has been there, but for a little while has sort of been in that mid-upper tier. I mean, it's hard to elevate Big E if you've not got that heel for him to work against. Yeah, and does anyone on Raw jump out for you as that heel? Like, for me... I know, because we've seen it, Kevin Owens can be that heel. And that that programme of Owens and Big E, give them a few months, give them two or three matches, give them promos, I think would be brilliant. But as you say, Kevin Owens has not been presented in the last three to six months as a credible threat to Big E, as a credible threat to anyone. So he needs some rehabilitating, which is ridiculous, because the man had a great universal title run, is just brilliant in the ring, on the mic, can hang with anyone but for whatever reason, hasn't been presented that way recently. So I don't know who jumps out. Seth Rollins is the other one that you think, but even that, for some reason, that doesn't get my juices flowing. That doesn't get me excited. I, I'd love to see Kevin Owens' Big E in a three-month programme into Mania. I just don't think that's the way they're going. I don't know who they're teeing up to face Big E if Big E's still going to be champion. This is where you look at, and uh, bang on about it, I know I do, but you had with old NXT, yellow and black NXT, you had a, a system where you could have, in the olden times, picked someone from there. You could have just said, right, Champa, now's your time, up you come, You were, and it feels fresh, and it feels different, and it feels invigorating. And they just don't have that anymore. And I feel for Big E because he's doing everything he can do. He is the archetypal babyface champion. He just doesn't have the heels to work with. The only other one is if they, we get, and he's a very, very good heel, AJ Styles. Because I think he's going to face Omos, isn't he? And then from, if you hit, uh, believe the reports, they've got big plans from going to Mania. And AJ Styles, because I watched AJ's interaction on NXT the other week after we recorded. 
and cut a great promo. I was like, oh, I almost forgot how good you are because you've been in a tag team that no one really ever wanted to see for the last year that hasn't done anything, let's be honest. It's been a weird partnership and I don't think it did much for either of them, really. It's just been a bit of a waste of nine months to make his star's career. But suddenly, watching him with a bit of fire in his belly, I was like, oh, you're really good, aren't you, actually? I'd forgotten what a good wrestler you are. So I could... Uh, that's the only other one I'd get behind would be AJ, um, AJ, who's AJ? AJ Styles, Biggie, because I think that'd be a brilliant match. And Styles, when he cuts heel promos and acts as that smarmy heel, is very, very good. I agree, actually. And that is a match I would like to see. And I think Styles make matches. AJ Styles, AJ Styles could carry me to a three-star match. I mean, me in the condition I'm in now, he could, he could get me to the point I need to be at. Um, in WWE, we know we're heading towards day one. In AEW, my goodness, what a week it's been there. Kyle O'Reilly makes his presence known. He joins his former Undisputed Era brethren in AEW. A TNT title change on a Christmas Day episode of Rampage as an increasingly heelish Cody Rhodes takes a belt from Sammy Guevara. We've got the rematch between Brian Danielson and Hangman Adam Page locked in for AEW's TBS debut at the start of January. And they sent Hook again. Busy old week for AEW. What jumped out for you? It has to be Carl O'Reilly, right? That was the headline news for me was Carl O'Reilly because I love the Undisputed Era. And they're back. They're back. They're back in AEW. Yep. When we yep. started this pod, we would never have thought that's how we would end 2022. No, we've got Undisputed Era in AEW and we're absolutely heading to Undisputed Era against the Elite, aren't we? We've already... They've, I love that they've just not messed about. Tony Khan's gone, look, we've got this great faction... From NXT, who are now here, one of the all-time great factions. They're brilliant. I think Undisputed Era, their what was it, two and a half, three years rule of terror in NXT was just brilliant. We've got the Elite, who are the the faction outside of WWE for the last five years. There's an obvious storyline to tell with them here. It's going to be really good. Let's not mess about. Let's just get to it. And you can already see the Bucks aren't too happy, are they? When Kenny returns, I imagine it's going to go full. Full war, and I'm all for it. It's going to be brilliant, isn't it? I also like there was just that little bit of nod to I don't, I love they don't hide away from obvious things. There was a little nod to the fact that last time we saw Adam Cole and Cal O'Reilly, they were trying to kill each other. They weren't mates last time we saw, and that was acknowledged. Little nod about it, and we're moving on, lads. We're in a new place, we're friends now. Yeah, I think it's, I'm very excited. And I said this before, as much as a star of Adam Cole is, and he is, he's one of my favorite, he's probably my favorite in ring talent currently. As much as as brilliant as Bobby Fish is, I think Kyle O'Reilly is the breakout star of Undisputed Era. For whatever reason, WWE gave him the win over Adam Cole and then said, no, no, you can you, you can go off, you go, bye-bye. I just think AEW have got a future world champion now. I think he's got everything you need. He's brilliant. And I'm just very, very excited to see this now. The, the really interesting thing, I think, about this is... I agree with you about Adam Cole, the way that Adam Cole carries himself. And if I had uh, five pounds to spend on watching a wrestler in action and I could spend it on Kenny Omega or Adam Cole, I'd spend it on Adam Cole. Mm. I really, really would. I think he's that good. And I think almost what you've got in AEW, and again, it's a lovely problem for Tony Khan to have, is Kenny Omega is someone who has been built as the best bout machine, and he is, and he's great. But just in terms of me as a viewer, who I want to see on my television screen, who has the it factor for me, I think Cole shades it. Yeah, I, I think he does. He's, he's like I say, he's probably my favourite current in-ring talent. He, he's 
bell to bell, he'll go with anyone in the world. He's outstanding. But like you said, the way he carries himself, his demeanour, he he's just his promos are outstanding. In NXT, where he just said, what do they do to make Adam Cole feel special? They ring the damn bell. It's just like, yes, yes, they do. Yes, they do. He's just so, so good. I just love, I love it. I love it. His entrance, the whole boom. I love it. Adam Cole, baby. Oh, I'm all for it. I just, it's, he's excellent. So is AW at the moment. It's really, really, really good. I'm more sold on your favourite hook than I was after his first match. Because I just love that he just batters. He batters him. And then just leaves. Bear he walks out the ring. is not a small man. He nope. is... He is probably pushing 350, maybe a little less than that, but he is not a small man. And when he did that arm capture suplex on him, I mean, yeah. that was a blinking neck. That was a test of strength. Yep, he does that. He taps him out and then he doesn't, just, he doesn't stick around and celebrate, just walks out. And I'm like, yes, of course you do. Of course you do, because you've got it all. You're handsome, you're strong, you're a great, great wrestler. Why would you hang around? You don't want to talk to anyone here. You've got better things to do. This is, this is almost like wrestling is an inconvenience for you, young man. And you know what? If I look like you at your age, wrestling would be an inconvenience for me also. I We will get into predictions for 2022 in a bit. I had this vision earlier this year, this week, and I, couldn't, I can't shake it, Charlie. Give Danielson the title. Give him a year of beating everyone. Have Hook do what Hook does. And then play Hook's music after a year and have him interrupt Danielson. You can't tell me that wouldn't that wouldn't intrigue you and excite you. I mean, I know Hook's a rookie. I'm not saying that he's at that level, but sometimes you have lightning in a bottle. And, and he is hot at the moment, Hook. He really is. Hugely. And they've got to be very careful how they keep that. And I always think in wrestling, undefeated streaks are a very interesting thing because at some point they have to end. You can't be undefeated forever. You can't never lose a match. So it's always interesting how they handle it. And obviously it's the famous ones of the streak at Mania, obviously, and um, Goldberg and WCW. So I always think they're very interesting. But yeah, because that's, if you do it like that, that's then undefeated versus undefeated. Someone's always got to go. It's very, they're, they're always great storylines. The one thing with Hook is we need to see him put together actual matches, don't we, at some point. And, but there is so many people on that roster now that are brilliant wrestlers. He can work his way up. He can, as an AEW, you can go if you if you ranked from their biggest biggest star. So you look at the likes of CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Kenny Omega, Adam Cole. Those, those that SMS four straight away, right down to their bottom squad players. Very much. You can go 10, 15, 20 wrestlers down the list, and you're you've got people you'll have amazing matches with. You've got seasoned pros who will carry you to brilliant matches. So. He's got a whole roster hook he can work his way up through of brilliant wrestlers who he can learn from. Let's say he beats Bobby Fish in a 10-minute match. You go, oh, that's a good scalp for a, for a young man. He beats um, he beats Luchasaurus. You go, oh, that's, that's a big guy he's beaten there. Like, there there's a decent, like, there are so many people he can tick off on his way up. But there's, there is a great storyline to tell there of over a year of him just working his way up person by person and never really looking like he cares until he gets to the top. Yeah, a hundred percent. It it reminds me of, and and this will sound odd, 
but Batista and Evolution. Batista, for whatever reason, there was just that point where people started looking at him saying, this is our guy, and he just had that chemistry. And sure, we're two matches in with Hook. We're not running before we can walk here, but sometimes there is a lightning in a bottle. Um, we do have Danielson against Hangman Adam Page coming again on free TV, an AEW championship match. They cannot do a draw next time out so when they make their debut on tbs in january what do they do what do they do i think they've got to pull the trigger on what we thought was going to happen last time and i feel for hangman adam page because he's brilliant and anyone who was umming and ahhing about whether he could go at the absolute highest level the match with danielson the other week proved that he absolutely can he's in that elite level he's genuinely up there but this is this is Danielson at his best. This is one of the biggest stars in wrestling, having won the runs of his career. You're about to go on a new TV channel. You want eyes on your product. You've got to pull the trigger on that now. And you want to make him the hottest heel in wrestling, having cheeked to beat the biggest face in wrestling. That's and that's the brutal thing of being a baby face. You get built up for years now with Alan Payne. This has been over a year-long storytelling, and you finally get your pop. You finally get you overcome the heel in Kenny Omega. But the next best thing they can do is someone cheats to beat you and that makes the next big heel. That, that's your job now as a babyface, isn't it? And I think that's what you've got to do. I think Danielson wins with a low blow. He uses the title belt. He puts his legs on the ropes. It doesn't have to be anything massive. It doesn't have to be anything too convoluted. He just has to cheat to win. And I think that's where you've got to go. Yeah, I do. I, and I feel for Hangman as well. But you're running into a Hall of Fame talent doing some of his best work. And, and if we're just talking intangibles, and I'm a huge Hangman Adam Page fan, I think the guy is absolutely brilliant. If I'm watching TV, who carries himself like a champion, who sells himself like a champion, who acts like a champion, it's Brian Danielson. You, you just have to go there. And it's unfortunate for Hangman. He'll get paid the same either way. And he's got a great chase story and he's got all that talent he can transition to. I just think you have to go with Brian Danielson. You really do. You spoke a few minutes ago about lightning in a bottle, but that's what you've got with Danielson now. And you don't know how long he wants to be full-time still. He's coming towards probably the end of his career. He's got a family at home. I think if you're AEW, you have to, you have to do this now. And you're not going to have a better time, a better opportunity to have your AEW title run of Brian Danielson. You're probably only going to get one. So you've got to do it now. You're, because otherwise, he's what, he spends two or three months chasing it again and comes back to it. No, 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 no. Go for this now. You you have to for me. And just think of the storylines and the few... Let's say they do a year-long title run. The matches, the storylines, there's just so much there to do with Danielson. And again, there's plenty to do with Hangman Adam Page, but there are years and years to do with him. You haven't got that time with Danielson. You're paying him the money you're paying him to be there. You have to capitalise on that. He's doing brilliant work. Some of the best of his career. You've, you've got to. You've got to go with this. There hasn't been a better time to be a wrestling fan in years. So if you love wrestling and enjoy what we do here on the show, why not help us grow in three simple steps? First, subscribe so you never need miss an episode. Second, share the love on social media with a tweet or something similar. And thirdly, tell a mate about what we do here and get them to listen as well. It really is as simple as that and it makes a huge difference. And now, back to the show. Right, predictions. For 2022. Mm. I don't know how we're going to top this year in wrestling. we got quite a few of these coming in. Uh, have you got yours ready to go? Or should you do next week? What do you want? Yeah, do you want I've got a quick three. Quick three. Okay, go for it. 
I think we'll absolutely get a long Brian Danielson AW Championship run. I think that's pretty obvious. I think we are going to get Walter as the Universal Champion. Ooh. I thought about this a lot this week, which probably says a lot about my Christmas. Um, I, I genuinely think Lesnar and Reigns are going to run its course by Mania. I don't think they're going that way. I think Walter's winning the Royal Rumble, and I think he's challenging Roman Reigns. Because I think that's why Walter has lost the weight he has and is in the shape he's in. I think he's winning the Rumble. I think he's coming in about halfway through and just cleaning house. And I think he will chuck Brock Lesnar over the top rope and finish the Rumble. I think he will be in the ring, dominating everyone, and Lesnar will come in at 30. And it'll be the two of them. And they'll both just clear the ring and we'll get five or ten minutes of Walter and Lesnar and Walter will win. And he will go to... Uh, WrestleMania, and he will beat Roman Reigns to the championship. That is what I think will happen. Can I just... I want to jump in here, because to all intents and purposes, to the vast majority of WWE fans, the the, the general WWE fans, that is equivalent to a complete outsider coming in and dominating everyone. You think they'd pull the trigger on doing that? I think, what a better place to do at the Rumble? You bring me at the Rumble, and you present him like an absolute giant, a huge monster, and everyone... I reckon the Rumble, apart from Mania, is their most watched pay-per-view. Yeah. So you want to bring him out on a big stage with lots of eyes on him and get some interest. People go, oh, who's he? I might have to tune into Monday Night Raw and then SmackDown to find out who that man is. And then I think you've got long enough in three months from January to April to genuinely build him as a credible threat. And have Roman be worried. Have Roman be worried about him. And if Heyman's back with Roman, have Heyman be worried. If he's not, have Roman worried that he can't get the advice he needs and then maybe he brings Heyman back, I don't know but I just think that's maybe it's what I want to see That that's I can't think of a better foil for Roman Reigns right now than Walter presented like that and uh, I just don't want to see him I don't want to see him called up like so many NXT people have, so many have, I want to see him treated differently and then my final one, and I don't know who this will be, but I think in this world of suddenly we have competition I think we will see our first AEW star jump ship to WWE. I don't know who, but I think there has to be someone whose contract's up and you can't tell me Vince isn't sitting there and isn't a little bit upset about Harry of his stars jumping ship that way. He needs a win back. And I think we will see our first AEW, currently contract AEW superstar jump ship to WWE. I, do you know what? I don't disagree with any of those being plausible, actually. I really don't. Um, And for that Walter scenario... Having him challenge Big E rather than Roman, I I would agree with every part of it. I can't see them doing it with Reigns, but with Big E, solves all the problems we've already spoken about. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. I hadn't even considered Big E, but yeah, they could do that as well. If they, yeah, it, it all depends on how long they're going to run Reigns Lesnar. And they say it's their biggest storyline. And I'm, I am surprised they're doing it now. I thought if we do, if you're in the New Year area, why not wait till we do the Road to WrestleMania? But that's why I think they've got to have something else planned for Mania. Because otherwise, why would you do it now? Yeah, and and this is what I can't square either. And, and I'm beginning to think because other people are telling me this as well. I'm beginning to think they're right. Right, I'm going to give you mine, and then we'll do some listener ones, and then we're sending stuff to developmental and giving something to push. Uh, I've, I I think I said three. I've got a load here, so it's our podcast. We can break the rules uh, for WWE. I think we finally get a big pay per view in the UK, COVID allowing. I think that happens this year. I think the New Day implode once and for all. I think they pull the trigger on the New Day implosion at the end of this year or by the end of 2022. 
And I think Brock Lesnar becomes a babyface on the level of Stone Cold Steve Austin. I think he just gets that big, but WWE struggles to raise another heel to elevate him to that very, very highest level because they just can't heat up a heel to match him. So that's my WWE ones. AEW, MJF becomes AEW world champion and turns face by the end of next year. And he does it against a heel Cody Rhodes at the top of the table. I think we finally get the Brian Danielson CM Punk feud that we deserve on national television the way it should be. And I think, like you, we get the first set of AEW roster releases or jumps. I think that roster cannot stay as stacked as it is. So those are my predictions. I love them all. I don't see how MGF goes heel, but then I never saw how Brian Danielson goes heel. I never saw how Sami Zayn went heel. I never saw how Bailey went heel. So, sorry, MGF goes face. I never saw how they turned heel. So wrestlers, the very, very good wrestlers have a way of surprising us, don't they? Um, that's the, like, I want to see an MGF title run. But I also want to see Danielson hold the title for the whole year. And I want to see Cole up there. And where's Malachi Black? Let's bring him back. And I want to see CM Punk for the title. There's so many people I want to see have runs of that title in AEW. There's just so many stories. Oh, it's exciting time to be a wrestling fan. And, and all we're talking about there, and, and the dichotomy of this is, and I don't think it's just because AEW is new and shiny, how, we're not sitting here going, oh, I really want Sami Zayn to be WWE champion. Oh, can you imagine what Kevin Owens does? And AJ Styles could do this. It just just AEW has that edge on WWE. It, it is what it is. We are where we are. So that's our predictions. Um, we could be sitting here at the end of 2022 being very smug. Uh, on social media, Daniel says, uh, I want to see Danhausen end up in All Elite Wrestling, which, which I could see happening. One of the hottest indie and ROH stars. I could see that happening. Yeah, absolutely. It would... It would seem to make sense of, obviously now with we don't know what's happening with ROH completely, but that's where he's been mainly, and he doesn't have a home per se now. He strikes me as more; it'd be a more obvious pickup for AWWE, uh, and you'd think one of them would want to pick him up. So I could absolutely see that happening. Emma says, "I need to see Edge with the WWE or Universal title one more time." I think there's a very, very good chance we see that. I think long term, probably the story was from uh, win the Rumble last year and go and do it, and then they just couldn't do it because Roman was so good. Uh, I could I could absolutely say, does a heel edge face Big E? Do we get heel edge again? Because let's be honest, heel edge is the best edge. People are going to cheer if he wins the title. This is from Only Connect Wrestling on social media. Uh, NXT UK closes down and has a final takeover featuring NXT champions versus NXT UK champions. I don't see it lasting much longer, and the girls and guys employed in the UK brand should all have the chance of making it in the United States. I, I can definitely see that happening. Absolutely, and what a show that would be. Um, have you combined two of your favourite things there for that, for that account? It's not me. I, Are I you know, sure? I, Are I, you I, sure? I swear, because I know I've given Ernie, uh, Only Connect the Push on this podcast, and it is my favourite quiz show, maybe my favourite TV show in the world. There are more than one of us, Charlie. We are, we are a rare breed, but we exist out there in the world. And when we find each other, mwah, chef's kiss. It's brilliant. Uh, Jay, listening in the United States over in Rockway Beach, New York, says uh, Ronda Rousey wins the WWE Women's Royal Rumble after being a surprise entrant, and she challenges Becky and she gets her win back. Now, yes, please, to that. Yes, yes, I want to see that. I want to see that. And she's been tweeting Natalia has Ronda Rousey. Also, have you seen Natalia's Twitter at the moment? No. So, you know, she's now got three um, world records for something to do with, like, she had the most matches, the most wins of a woman, a female wrestler, all this. Yeah. She's got three now. I can't remember what they are exactly. 
as soon as she got her third, she's now pretending on Twitter that she's too busy and too big time to reply to any tweets. So he's tweeting everything of, this is Natalia's assistant. And just being, go and, if you want to lose half an hour, go and read Natalia's Twitter recently. It's just really bonkers and funny. Like, she's replying to Ronda Rousey, being like, hi, Ronda, Natalia's assistant here. She's too busy. Sorry, it's taking a few days to get back to you, but she's too busy now. She's got three world, uh, three world records to talk to. Says and says, "Thanks, Ronda." And puts in brackets. I spelled it with an H, like the rest of the world does. She she is so underrated. It's such a yeah. shame that Natalia came on the scene where she did, because had she been three or four years later, I think we'd be talking about her in a whole different way. Um, just on that Ronda Rousey Becky Lynch thing. If we want a night two or night one of WrestleMania that can match, let's say we go with Roman Brock, for example, yeah. that's it. That, that yeah. is the match. That absolutely is the match. And give us the match probably we, we should have got when they main evented. Charlotte Flair got put in there, but she probably didn't need to be. Well, not probably. She definitely, we just needed Ronda versus Becky. And just the promos. Oh, the promos. Just, yeah, really give me that. Ronda, yeah. if you're listening, get to the Rumble, love. Come on. <laughs> Get get to the rumble, love. She, Go on, love, get rumble. Get to rumble. Come yeah. on, Rhonda, get to rumble. Uh, right, so more of these next week. Uh, let's send something back to developmental and let's give something the push. What do you want to do, Charlie, first or second? Well, I'll go first because you texted me yesterday saying I've got a very controversial back to developmental this week and, quote, you're not going to like it. Bearing the push, that's actually wrestling related, which I know isn't really the rules, but I didn't know where else to bring this up in our podcast. But have you seen that Rain Wilson has been tweeting that he wants to wrestle Sting? I did see that, and I thought instantly of you. Just tell folks who, who maybe are living under a rock who Rain Wilson is. So Rain Wilson plays Dwight Schrute in the US office, which is one of my favourite shows. It's probably my favourite sitcom. That's a big statement. Is it my favourite sitcom? I don't know. It's definitely It 100% is. The amount of office memes you share, True, you have a Dunder Mifflin mug, it 100% is. Only because I can't get a Mrs Muggins Pie Shop mug from Blackadder. And they don't do Blackadder <laughs> clips the same way they do the office clips. Um, there's my two favourites right there. Yes, he's been tweeting that he would like to wrestle Sting and Sting has replied, and AEW social channels are sharing these tweets. So there is something going on there. And if I get Dwight Schrute wrestling Sting, that is the only way now that 2022 can top 2021 for me. So um, that's... You know what it'll be? Do you know what it'll be? It'll be a Schrute fight. They'd start, oh, shru- they'd start shrooting on each very other. Very good, very Shrute good. Promos. Very um, good. Going back to that mental, I thought we weren't going to get one this year, and then we got a miracle on 34th Street fight on uh, SmackDown, and I hate them. You know I hate them. Yep. Um, I hate a holiday-themed uh, gimmick match. But no, no. Going back to that mental this week from me is um, child-proof lids on things. Because I don't know what children they're trying to lock, stop getting in there, but I can't get in there. And then all I do is rip the lid off in anger. So all our child-proof lid tubs don't have lids on anymore in our house because I just rip them off because okay. I'm angry. And I have another week with um. So the main one it gets me is like you know like um the washing capsules just you chuck in the uh in the washing machine, which are brilliant by the way. How good are they? But I did it yesterday. That's why I thought of it. I ripped the lid off. We got a new new pack, and I just ripped. It. I couldn't get it open, and it got ripped off. So that wasn't great. But the worst I had was um I had to get into my better half's sewing kit, and. Oh my God, the lid on her sewing kit, it took me a good 15 minutes. Charlie, I say this with respect. Is it possible that these aren't actually childproof? They're just to protect you from yourself? <laughs> Maybe, because 
And also, I can, I can imagine the listeners be like, why is Charlie sewing? I can't see him sewing. Actually, I wasn't sewing. I needed a needle for something else, um, which probably is what I... What I needed the needle for is probably a good thing I couldn't get in. But I got in in the end and I used the needle. So, um... Well, 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 I mean, is this, I'm going to take a stab at this, right? Was it draining blood from something? It was, yes. Yeah. It was exactly that. It was, I had, I had a, I have um, a re- this is horrible. I have a reoccurring um, blood blister on my big toe, on my left toe, that I recently, so I changed the studs in my boots. When it gets wet in rugby, uh, the position I play, I have to change to longer studs. So I've got big old studs. That are about, they're, they're, called, they're 21 mils. They're two, two and a bit centimetres long. And I changed them in my boots a few weeks ago. And the change of stud did not go well with my feet. Um, and the blood blister meant I can't walk. It is enormous on my big toe. So I had to heat a needle up and we, um, we drained it in the bath, which was good. In the bath? Christ, how much blood was in it? Oh, oh enough. Enough. Yes, yes, enough. <laughs> I, I actually think that this is your better half, just saying, I really don't want him to use my lovely sewing needles to drain yes, blood from yes, his body again. Yes. Okay, I that's fair. I, the one I will agree with you on, it's not really childproofing, but you know if you've got a tub of pasta and you eat the pasta sauce and you can't get the lid off it and you try and it's greasy and you try with a tea towel when the lid doesn't just come off the, the jar of pasta, mm. worst thing in the world. Yeah, sometimes I'm like, with, I get a lot of, can you take this lid off for me from people? Yeah. And it's like, well... Why, why are they making it so hard? Why are they? No, I'd agree with you on that. Nice little pro tip. Run it under cold water and then get a, um, like a wooden spoon or a rolling pin. Tap all the way around the rim. Works. Ooh, look at that. You can have that one for free. Hey, right. hey, come for the wrestling. Stay for the <laughs> kitchen tips. Look at that. Uh, speaking of kitchen, earning the push for me today, cheese boards. Oh. Yes. Why yes. are these... Cheese boards should not just be for Christmas. They oh. should be a part of everyday life. Cheese, and, and I know you don't drink, but cheese and crackers with port. Oh, my God. Yes, that was the first time I ever got drunk. At 14 years old, my granddad took me to a rugby dinner and just gave me about four glasses of port with cheese, and my mum was livid with him. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so excellent. excellent. What's your favourite cheese? Yarg. Ooh, I did not see a... Co- of course you've got a rogue cheese. It's Cornish. Of course you have. Of course you have. I, mean, I know it's Cornish, but it's not why You don't go into Asda and get a, a yard, do you? Do down here. You don't, yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> Wait, mine, mine is, and I was gutted, I couldn't find it this year. I don't know if they stopped doing it. Sainsbury's do at Christmas a Wednesdaydale with apricot and ginger. In oh, it. It's their Christmas no. special, and no. it's delicious. Don't put fruit with it. Just cheese needs to be I cheese. Like Wednesdaydale with cranberries. No, not at all. Oh, okay. I'm and not a, sweet and sour. A good crumbly Lancashire. Yes, now that I'm with you on. So cheese boards getting a huge push. Back to mm. developmental. Oh, right. I'm, hang on. So genuinely Jack texted me and said, you're not going to like this. So I'm nervous. Every type of board game that ever exists is getting sent to developmental. Then it's getting released. Then it's getting not wished well with its future endeavours. Every board game there is. Now... I have been given board games for Christmas. The thought is lovely. It's fantastic. Oh my God, they're boring. They're so dull. They got so many bits. There's so many cards. This card means you can't do that card. That card means you can't do this card. Get this counter, put this counter there. And I was playing with my boyfriend yesterday and I said to him, once we'd read the instructions, which took the best part of the afternoon for this particular board game, I said, what's what's the point? 
What what are we trying to achieve with this board game? What are we even doing here? They need to be no no more board games. It's not maybe as angry as I thought it was going to, uh, but I do disagree. I like a good board game. Um, well, well, what's a good board game? Which you, have, you haven't played Risk? Oh no! Risk is brilliant. Excuse me, I'm just moving my armies over to Asiatica. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, the smallpox, so they've gone. Look at me, I'm taking world domination. That's right, that's right. My army's battering yours. Um, I don't think the problem is board games, I think the problem is you. I'm yep. more a fan of card games than board games. Um, and I was brought up in a house where board games could ruin not just Christmas, but the whole following year. It was quite a competitive household with the Beckett household. And I have to be wary when I play them to not lean into my competitive side too much. Listen to this. You know my better half. She's lovely. Until yes. we play a lot of Uno. We play a lot of Uno. And um, we have a scoring system. And I was a lot in front. And then she overtook me. And she was like, oh, you don't really look too bombed that I've overtook you. And I just said to her, I said, every time you beat me, every single time, it breaks a little bit of me. I absolutely hate it. There is nothing in this life I hate more than losing. I hate it with everything I have inside me. But I switch that off because I don't want to ruin our day or our relationship. So I just pretend I don't. And a normal human being will go, oh, that's nice, Charlie. Thank you. I just carry on. What she's done since I revealed that to her is when she now wins, she rubs it in. She is <laughs> right in my face. Like she wants me to explode and shout something horrible. I'm like, what, what's he do? What, what? Who's the winner here? She's like me. I'm like, no, I don't mean like that. I'm like, what? What? Who wins if I get angry with you here? So, yeah, no, I, I like board games, but I don't. I'm not one of those people who will get vitriolic about them. I can understand why people don't. Right. We have done now as much on board games and cheese as we've done on wrestling, which yep. means the balance is slightly out. So let's bring it back to wrestling. Day one pay per view will be in the books by the time we meet again. How is the main event ending? How, what are we talking about coming out of WWE Day 1? Ah, that's a really hard one because for genuinely the first time, I can see Roman losing because this is a really, really good Brock Lesnar. This is a really good Brock Lesnar. Heyman turns on Reigns and helps Brock win. Ooh, okay. I think Heyman turns on Brock and helps Reigns win. So one of us is going to be very smug, one of us isn't by the time we meet again, or we'll go down an AEW route and there'll just be a draw and everything will be fine. <laughs> Could you imagine if they did a draw? WWE have never done a draw, and imagine if they did a draw now. If, if on, like, Friday, it's like, and there's a time limit for this match, I'm like, oh, where's this going? Well, we shall see. Uh, look, we'll do more of your predictions for 2022. When we meet again, we will be in 2022, of course. Charlie underscore Beckett, Jack underscore Murley on Twitter. Please rate, review and subscribe wherever you're listening to us today. If you like wrestling as much as we do, tell a mate who feels the same. Get them involved in 2022. We are only where we are thanks to your support and we appreciate it very much. But for this week's episode, we say thank you for listening and we'll see you again next time. Bye bye. <laughs>